This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm sorry, how do you make pie? I need butt cheeks. Welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Which is a show that I love, but I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week we watch season three, episode six of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls, Take the Deviled Eggs. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Band Candy. Both of these episodes were baby-centric. Yeah, a lot of baby stuff happening. Uh, A lot to do with driving as well, and who should and shouldn't be driving. Mm -hmm. A lot of connections. What have you been up to, Brian, besides pulling glass out of your foot? Yeah, there was a piece of glass in the kitchen. But I stepped on it with my bare feet this morning while I was doing the dishes, and then I had to, like, bleed all over the house. You had to. Yeah, I mean, that's how you fix a foot. You just walk around until all the blood's out. No matter what's wrong with the foot, you just gotta let it bleed. Yeah, that's why Michelle got that bloodletting bowl in the last episode. Bad feet, had to fix them. Exactly. Yeah, we had like a glass bottle that we keep water in just like randomly explode in the fridge and we didn't realize that happened. It must have like frozen in the back. Yeah, it was an older bottle. We used like old liquor bottles. One must have froze and it shattered and we thought we'd clean it all up, but apparently there was a little piece of glass. Or we have another glass problem that we're not aware of. Yeah, could be that. Okay, well, we recorded an episode not that long ago, which is why that's all we have to say. I went to the dollar store and I got some little containers to better organize one of my board games, which... This is not a better story. (laughs) No, but wait, 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 wait. Uh, But um, it was, like, cool. (laughs) You did get a lot of containers. It's a good story, I think. Yeah, you keep some of your blood in them. (laughs) You don't have to let out current blood. You can let out old blood, too. It works the same. They are cute. They're very adorable. You can fit one small object in each of them. (laughs) Brian likes containers. I do, and organizing board games. I'm a weirdo. I love you, though. I love you, too. Well, that's all for this week, guys. No. Brian, you have a show coming up? Yeah. A real in-person show? It's my first live sketch show in, like, forever, since before the pandemic. Yeah. Please come if you're in New York City. (laughs) On June 14th. On June 14th. Come see me with Squirrel Theater at the Caveat. I'll post all that in the description. It's not a virtual. If you're not in New York City, get on a train or a plane and come to New York City. Don't take a car. No. Cars are dangerous. We've seen what happened in Buffy and Gilmore Girls. Cars are dangerous. Should we talk about our shows? Let's do it. I'm excited. Great. This week we started with Gilmore Girls. Brian, tell them about Take the Deviled Eggs. So this episode's about Jess getting a car and how that upsets Rory and Luke. And Lane? And everybody. I guess how everyone's upset that Jess got a car, but also it's about Lorelai coming to terms with the fact that her love, Christopher, is going to be living with a woman who, like, maybe isn't a perfect match for him. And she's soups preg. Yeah, soup's preg. So that's what happens. That's all true. So the episode starts at the house. It's early morning. Lorelai's gotten up. She's decided she's going to, like, discontinue all of her, like, extra subscriptions to magazines. I'm kind of confused. I never remember getting, like, multiple subscriptions to a magazine, let alone, like, four or five. They're catalogs. So it's a little different. But this scene has nothing to do with anything. No, and it's kind of funny. It's Rory is really, like, annoyed that her mother... Always starts projects but doesn't finish them, mm-hmm. which I can understand and relate to. So that was just kind of funny watching Lorelai like do that in real time. Wait, who do you relate to that about? Honey, let's finish this conversation <laughs> a different time. <laughs> I don't think you're talking about me. Are you? No, I'm talking about me. Oh. But also you. What project? Uh, <laughs> I just never start the projects I say I'm going to start. That's <laughs> 
So then we're at a town meeting. You know, everyone's there because that's what happens at these crazy town meetings. Is that everyone comes to them? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that everyone comes to a town meeting. I mean, you've already said that, and it is. Okay. I've never been to a town meeting once in my life. Well, we live in a big old town. Okay, we do live in New York City. It would be a big <laughs> meeting right now. But, I mean, even when I lived in Rockford, Illinois, or Madison, Wisconsin. Still big towns. That's true. I guess they're all big towns. And this is a pretty funny scene because Patty's, like, new suitor, Jesus, just, like, keeps coming into her dance space where they hold the meetings. Everyone's super happy for her, too. They're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, which he must hear all this, by the way. He's just outside the door. Even Luke's, like, into it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, Dosie's being a jackass about the fact that, you know, the meeting's getting interrupted. But then also, before they let them go, he wants to quickly shoot down someone asking for a permit to protest on the town square. The town loner. Yeah, the town loner, which I, at first I'm like, oh, that's the troubadour? Nope. We realize it's not. It's just some other loner. There's a Boo Radley joke. Yeah, which was funny. Boo Radley, by the way, if you guys don't remember, is the protagonist in 1984, the novel. That's not true. No, it's not. It was funny, though. <laughs> was it? No. No, Boo Radley. If, I don't know if you guys have seen Die Hard, but the main character, his name is Boo Radley. That's true. That is true. Uh, no, obviously we know that Boo Radley is one of Jesus' disciples. It, it's from Kill a Mockingbird, everybody. Go read a book. <laughs> Specifically that one from school because you had to. Also listen to every episode of our podcast. Yes. Don't read a book at the expense of listening to our podcast. But the people are like, we should let him do it. Dosi's like, nah, it ain't happening. No. He just decides the town doesn't want a loner to protest. I hate Dosi. Okay? Yeah, this is stupid. I hate Dosi a lot. Like, that's ridiculous. He never says what he's protesting either. Yeah. And it's just frustrating that he's like, I'm going to shut down free speech. I hate him, man. I hope, I hope Taylor dies. I hope. He it's- says it's like illegal to protest in the town square. They're un-American. Is that yeah, he says it's un-American. True? Which is, yeah, no, I'm, why did no one call him on that? Luke did. He was like, like the Revolutionary War? Yeah. And Rosa Parks? Yes, you're right. I was thinking more like Vietnam stuff, but you're right. He does. When they're leaving the town meeting, Jess drives by. Jess drives by. Apparently he bought a car. Everyone is just finding out about this. Luke did not know. Lorelai is like assuming he's going to crash into something again. But Luke's really concerned about where he got the money because he knows he doesn't pay him enough at the diner because um, you don't get paid very much working in a diner. And we need to, you know, increase the minimum wage. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, (laughs) my sister bought her first car for $200. Wow. Was it shitty? It was very shit. Like, the whole, like, roof part, which is, like, drooping down, like, a dress on someone who lost a ton of weight. I've been in cars like that. My first car I got because my grandma had to move to a nursing home. And you, someone needed to drive, so they bought you a car? Yeah, I had to drive her there, so somebody bought me a car. No, it was her car. I don't even remember what happened to my first car, honestly. I had a car that, like, I should have sold, but since I knew we were going to be moving within a year, I just, like, ran it into the ground. Like, it. by the time, you remember, by the time I sold it, I didn't have handles. No. Where did they go? Because it would freeze in the winter, and then I would try to open the door, and it would just break off. And that just happened to all of my handles. So I had looped shoestring, shoestring, that's right, through the handles so you could open the door with these, like, little shoe hoops. Shoops. But also, like, the rearview mirror had broken off, and I had gorilla glued it back. It wasn't a safe car. But I still fell for this guy. I think it had all its handles when we first started dating them. Yeah, I was like, I like a guy who's got a car with all its handles. Yeah, and then I slowly changed. <laughs> now he doesn't even have a car. Yeah. Or handles. So back at the Gilmore house, Rory gets an invitation via mail from her stepmom? To be. To be? Yeah. Her fian stepmom. Well, I think it's technically from her friends that are planning the shower. That's true. Sherry's going to have a baby shower and she's invited. Lorelai's all like, wow, it's kind of crazy that she would reach out to you seeing as how you're not talking to your dad. And Rory's all like, well, I've been talking to my dad. 
She's all worried that her mom's going to be upset, that she was betrayed. I'm doing air quotes. But Lorelai insists, like, he's your dad. You know, he should be in your life. Which is all good. I like that aspect of Lorelai that she's, you know, not trying to frame Christopher as evil. And so she's deciding she's going to go. And this is all good, right? Because if you remember, Lorelai predicted that this would happen, essentially, right? Rory would make up with her father and want to get involved in Sherry's life at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Lorelai can be insightful sometimes, especially when she thinks about, like, people's future emotions. Yeah, yeah. For, like, not having her own life under control, she seems to understand, I don't know, the ebbs and flows of emotions. Right, of other people, not her own always. But yeah, yeah, totally. Lorelai's like, well, I'll drive you, and then I can get some food in the city, and I can come save you if you need help. Then at the diner, I I don't know why they're always trying to, like, paint Jess as, like, a total asshole all the time, though. Because he, like, is in a hurry, he grabs a donut, he leaves the lid off the donuts, even though Luke is like, put the lid on, put the lid on. And then he says to Luke, like, oh, I took $10 from the register. Luke is like, "I, I told you not to do that. And he leaves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they can't just, like, make him a good guy. I mean, he's already sort of humiliated a lot in this episode, so maybe they were figured they needed to make him a little high status for it's a just, moment. But, like, the donut thing, it's like, you know Luke. You theoretically like Luke. Why would you just make his life a little harder? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. Why? And then there's kind of a funny scene with Kirk where he wants a patty melt, but he wants it, like, cut into stars. Yeah, Luke is like, do you want it in stars or squares this time? Implying he likes it different ways. And he says half and half? What? I don't even understand. Are we cutting the meat into, or the sandwich itself into these shapes? If you cut something into stars, there's going to be, like, excess. You cut something to triangles, you can use the whole sandwich. But you got to, like, cut chunks off of it and throw them away to make it a star. Or it's like, here's the star, and then here's, like, a little pile of extras for you. Also, only half of it is going to be this is a lot of work for Luke I just want to point that out like you talked about how Kurt's coffee request wasn't that big of a deal the coffee request was okay this is too much (laughs) Lorelai would have shot Kirk shot him right in the face but then Kirk just starts like making up stuff about cars and looks like yeah that's not real and (laughs) but then Kirk's like well I've kind of got a reputation for knowing stuff about cars So that was all very funny. Apparently his mom wouldn't let him, like, own even rollerblades. That was weird, but it was funny. Luke, like, needs to know, though, more about this car. So he goes to Gypsy, who Jess earlier said sold it to him. So Luke is there questioning Gypsy about, like, did the money look like it was stolen? Which is like, what? Like... I mean, was it covered in paint? Like, how would she know it was stolen? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, Lorelai kind of put in his head that he might have stolen it. But, like, he's also stolen a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And Luke knows he doesn't have that kind of money. I don't blame Luke for being curious at all. Right. Or even, like, detective Because, yeah, Jess has, like, legit stolen money before. But Gypsy's all like, no, by the way, men are dumb. <laughs> Okay, cool. This whole time Jackson is there getting his truck fixed and she's like being mean to him for how he drives because he like rides his brakes and his car's all busted. Yeah. His car is like older than Giles's car though. It's like the oldest looking truck I've ever seen. What kind of car can you afford on like a fruit man salary? Fruit doesn't, uh. Doesn't grow in trees, hon. <laughs> okay. 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 You think it does? Mmm, uh, nah. Like what? Uh, Pumpkin tree? Never heard of it. Apple tree? Does that sound real to you? Men are dumb. Cherry tree? At least uh, think about it, honey. These don't sound real. Right. Anyway, so Luke can't figure out. He just goes back to the diner. At the diner, Taylor is arguing right now with, like, the town rabbi? And the reverend. Yeah. Who share a church? And are also, like, sharing a chair. They're so (laughs) close in this scene. It was weird. I was like, are they dating also? 
They are like gleefully besties. This was pretty funny. Yeah. So they're going to let the guy protest on their like property. And Taylor's like trying to convince him not to do it. And he's being a huge dick about it. And they're like, yeah, I mean, you don't have any right to stop him. Taylor's doing some weird fascist authoritarian shit where he's like, we're going to find a way to shut it down no matter what. It's like, you don't even know what he's protesting, man. There's some funny stuff in here. Like, oh, Taylor's got a phone to God. Is that whole shellfish thing real? Because <laughs> like the Jewish guy can't eat shellfish, but he's so tempted by Red Lobster commercial. Yeah, that, that is all funny. Yeah, I like all that. And then he like threatens to shut down Bingo. And they're what, and, bubbies? Yeah, like my bubbies will be bad. He's like, I'm not afraid of your bubbies, rabbi. <laughs> Just yeah. a funny line. Yeah, that was a funny line. That's better than oof with the poodles. Oi with the poodles. Oi with the God damn, I'm going to get roasted. Yeah. Did you say oof with the poodles? Yeah, that's season four. It's, they change it. <sighs> oof with the poodles is a Buffy reference. It's uh, right. <laughs> totally different. Better be. Oof, I hope they do a reboot. <laughs> they mention oof with the poodles. Luke comes into the diner, sees this, just goes upstairs and starts like rifling through Jess's stuff. I guess just I, I don't know what he's looking for, like a like stole. I, I don't know if he even if he found money, how would he know it was stolen? He gets a phone call about something from Randy, just I think to give him something to casually do while he was going through his stuff. Yeah. Like, weird. Yeah, it seems unimportant. He's like, oh, we'll deal with it. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> What's this phone call? Who's Randy? Yeah. For such a tightly written show, it seems like very random. But yeah, I, I don't know what he's looking for. But he doesn't. He doesn't find anything. Meanwhile, Lane and Rory are walking and they're talking about childbirth. Lane is just like, my mom hasn't even told me about sex yet. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but her mom's a bit of a prude. Very, very conservative woman. But she promises Rory she's picked it up off the street. I'm curious to know. It'd be funny if the bit turned out that Lane actually doesn't know. Or she has some weird ideas about what happened. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. But as they're walking, they come across Jess's car, and Lane just gets, like, super pissed about the fact that he's got a car. I know. She's just, like, so mad. And the reason, if you guys don't remember, is because last season, Jess crashed Rory's car. This felt like a way Lorelai should feel or something. It was just weird to see Lane so mad about it. Yeah, especially since, like, it doesn't seem like Rory really blamed Jess. Well, we know he she didn't blame Jess. Right. And you'd think that, like, she would have shared these feelings with Lane, and Lane would understand and feel similarly. And it would kind of make sense that if Rory... Rory was, like, still mad at Jess. But in the last episode, Rory and Jess sort of had a moment where they were like, we're kind of okay. Yes, exactly. So this is all kind of weird. But then Jess walks by and he's like, we got a problem. And Lane's all like, yeah, we got a problem. You suck, man. And so he's sort of having it out with Lane. But then, like, Rory gets in and is like, get out of here. And, like, starts, you know, getting on his case. Which I'm like, why are you mad? Lane started all this. But then Rory says, oh, and by the way, you left your bra in the back seat. Which we must assume is Shane's bra. I don't know. Jess has pretty big pecs. <laughs> I, I, like, I just don't understand how that's an insult. It's like, oh, by the way, dude, I can tell you got to at least second base in your back seat. I don't know. I mean, I think that's not something he maybe wanted Rory to know. She's letting him know she saw. Yeah, I mean, like, she's dating someone, though. I don't understand. How, we all know this stuff. We didn't know Jess was touching Shane's boobies. I mean, we saw him, like, knead her butt cheeks like he was making pie, so I assumed that that's not where it ended. I'm sorry, how do you make pie? I need butt cheeks. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I make one pie very well. I don't need it at any point. Okay, well, that's why the pie is a little sticky. <laughs> okay. You got to work air into it, boo. Does anybody need pie? I mean, like, I know we all need pie, but do you can need pie? Fine. He's kneaded her butt like it was a loaf of bread. Great. Perfect. I can't imagine he stopped there. Also, has Rory not gotten a second base with Dean? How long have they been together? Yeah, I mean, I guess it has been a couple years. You'd think they would have maybe fiddled with tittles. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stacey and I have never. Uh, every time I try to fiddle her tittle, <laughs> I can't stop laughing at that phrase. <laughs> so we got to just shut it down. 
I mean, it's silly. Do you want to go a little further? Do you want to fiddle my tittles? Well, not now. Not anymore. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I'm going to go have some pie. I wouldn't be surprised if they hadn't fiddled tittles, because Rory seems a little prudish. But I, I, it also seems like someone who's a senior in high school would be curious about that for sure. So then we're going to Sherry's party. Lorelai's about to drop off Rory, and she's like, you know, you can text me no matter what. I'm going to come save you. I could be taking a dump at my friend's house. Yeah, she says that. <laughs> okay, well, she says I could be naked. Oh, yeah. It's not that different. She could be, you know, <laughs> at second base with Jess. I could be fully naked, taking a dump. In Jess's car. She'll come. But then Sherry, like, pops up like a jump scare in a horror movie, like, at their window. And she's, like, so excited that Rory's coming. But also then she's like, Lorelai, I'm so glad you're coming. I didn't send you an invite because I thought it would be weird. It's not weird now. Can you come, please? She, like, really insists. She, like, cobras Lorelai into coming to this thing. Call back. Call back. Last episode. To be fair, I don't think that she's doing this in a way to, like, be mean. I think she is trying to be sweet. But she's just like, Rory will feel a lot more comfortable because she doesn't know anyone besides you. So I, I do feel like it's coming from like a empathetic place. So Lorelai like super reluctantly agrees to do this thing. By do this thing, I mean go to her baby shower. Yeah, she very readily agreed to take a dump at her friend's house. <laughs> Both women go. We find out that she's going to name the baby Gigi. She's really excited to have a boy. Uh, but she sort of like starts showing us around the apartment and wait, she's wait, like. Wait, she's excited to have a boy? Yeah, they cut that part out. What? <laughs> She's excited to have a girl. That's what I meant. I was thinking she was excited to have a girl that didn't want a boy, and I combined those sentences into one. Sherry's very excited she's having a girl because she wants a ballerina. Christopher didn't want either. He didn't <laughs> No. He didn't want a girl or a ballerina. Uh, that's true, <laughs> but he, he hasn't said that. Uh, he said he didn't care which one. You said that like she was going to the store asking if he wanted wheat or bright white bread. <laughs> just like, eh, pick up whatever. He's hungry. He doesn't care. <laughs> But everything's green instead yeah. of pink, which really upsets Lorelai. Yeah, I don't know why Lorelai cares that much. Like, whatever, who cares? Gender reveals are stupid, anyway. Yeah, this is kind of dated. This is the breastfeeding moment of this episode. Yeah, and Sherry's all like, well, green is the new pink, which is like, well, that is dumb, but what? whatever, I don't care. Yeah, I don't know that that was actually ever true. I feel like it's fine to choose green as the color for your baby shower. It's also fine to choose pink if you want. I would never, if someone was like, blue is the color for my girl baby shower, I wouldn't be like, What? So Sherry's talking a lot about Christopher and, like, how their relationship is going, showing how she has, like, changed Christopher a little bit, how he she organized all of his CDs, and, like, how crazy sloppy he was and disorganized, but she's essentially made a man out of him, I guess. It's already sort of an awkward situation because Lorelai's the only mom there, and the, I guess that's one of the reasons they want her there is for, like, motherly advice. It's kind of funny. There's, like, this whole montage of all the cliche baby shower games and, like, Rory's badly singing karaoke where she can't say the word baby. I don't know. Just The show doesn't do montages a lot, but Buffy did one last week, so Gilmore's like, gotta keep up. Gotta keep up with Buffy in the future. <laughs> so this is all her, like, professional work friends. None of them are pregnant. None of them want to get pregnant, I guess, because they're all, like, career women, I assume. And we can tell that Sherry's super organized. She already organized all the CDs, like we mentioned, but she's also, like, decided when she's gonna give birth, or rather she's just, like, scheduled a C-section after work. She's like, I'm gonna do DG at five. Yeah, like, she's got a project do at noon. A couple hours later, she's going to just pop the baby back out and get back to the office, basically. Yeah, can tell she's going to be a very devoted, loving mother. Sherry does a weird thing where she mentions that she didn't plan this. But I don't know that that's true. Yeah, that felt wrong. Because the only other episode we've seen her, she was like, I want to have babies, two of them, soon. ASA pregnancy. 
So maybe it was like she didn't plan it because her and Christopher weren't doing great? That's what I have to assume. But it's like, yeah, but you were definitely wanting this. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just like, this is what women do. I got to do it. But it wasn't something she super wanted. Because her friends are like, you're definitely not like a baby person. Also, she mentions that like her and Christopher like were in a rocky patch and kind of made it sound like Christopher was the one pulling away from her. So I wouldn't be surprised if she was like trying to get pregnant to keep the relationship alive. I don't know that we're going to find that out, but that's how that felt to me. Because she's all like, I didn't even want a baby. And I was like, yeah, you did. And you were having unprotected sex. And unless you learned about sex from Lane's mom, you should know that you were at risk of having a baby. Yeah, I don't know if they were just like, maybe they'll forget what we said in season two. It just seems like that was like the one thing we know about Sherry. Right, right. (laughs) It was either a mistake in the writing or just weird. Even though she's having Christopher's new kid, she's still being very pro-Rory. She's really excited about Rory going to Harvard, possibly, because that's near where they live. And she's all like, you've got to come hang out with us. You can stay the night anytime you're not with Lorelai. And Lorelai's all like, yeah, but she's going to spend most weekends with me. And Sherry's like, well, that's a given. To me, that all seemed fine. Like, she's just like saying, hey, you can stay with me. I feel like she's trying to be very inclusive of Lorelai. Yeah, totally. But I also get why Lorelai's like, oh, okay, she took Christopher away to have this new baby, and now she's trying to also steal our original baby. That's all very fair. You're right. It's it's such a like a awkward, terrible situation for anyone to be in. Even all good natured people that like, you're right though. There's almost not a way to tactfully say all that. This episode confirms that Sherry does not know that Christopher and Lorelai were like about to be together. Yes. I knew this baby shower thing happened, but I couldn't remember the details of if she knew or not. Well, I don't think anyone remembers the details of this baby shower because everyone gets wasted at this <laughs> thing. Like, all the, everyone's getting very drunk. And they all have, like, party popper things. Those, like, uh, what are those things called? Party poppers? Party bangs. You know, you pull it and it, like, makes a pop sound and, like, confetti comes out. Every, I don't know how many. Those things are, like, not cheap and they were firing, like, a million of them. I don't know. So Lorelai starts to get, like, a little... Annoyed. I don't know if it's like visible, but you could tell. So she's going to get some potato salad. And then Sherry makes like a big deal of like going to go talk to her. And then she just starts like thanking her for like whatever she did with Christopher. Because Christopher, like ever since that weekend, like changed into a totally more devoted man. And she's like, I don't know what it was. And I'm like, it's because you called and said you were pregnant. Yeah, I don't know why she thinks that, like, Lorelai caused this. It's like, well, there wasn't a baby, and now there is. Because she's like, yeah, he's just so protective, and he's, like, super there for the baby. He, like, talks to the baby. And obviously this makes Lorelai feel terrible, because I don't know that Christopher was super there for her. Yeah, totally. But this, like you said, confirms that she didn't know that they, like, slept together. Yeah. And were, like, gonna be together. What if the baby is Lorelai's? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, if she had called Christopher and he had been, like... I think you said Christopher. That's, um, it's like in Dragon Ball Z, where they both wear the Tara earrings. Right. And Tristan and Christopher become one. That's like season seven stuff. We'll, we'll get there later. Deep cuts for everybody. <laughs> Not for everybody. <laughs> It'd be one thing if she called and was like, I'm gonna have a baby. And Christopher's like, I don't want any part of it. And then called like a day later and was like, actually, I'm gonna be there for that baby. I just spent some time with Lorelai. But no, yeah. whatever. So she just like is piling it on. And Lorelai's getting super upset because she keeps hearing this like devastating emotional news while hearing like little firecrackers going off over and over again. And so really annoying music. Yeah. So she needs to go to the bathroom and take that shit we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah. Sherry is a lot. Like yeah. she always wants to talk to Lorelai like too much. She also doesn't know that Christopher was going to be with Lorelai. So she doesn't know that these words are so sharp. I hear you, but no, because she does know that Christopher wasn't there for Lorelai. So that's still, I think, sort of insensitive on her part to be like, wow, this man's so there for my pregnancy and going to raise my child so good when he wasn't there for you. Mm -hmm. Maybe not intentionally shady, but she's not really thinking all that through super hard. Okay, that's true. I see that. 
I guess I'm thinking that Sherry isn't intentionally trying to hurt Lorelai. Yeah, I don't think she is trying to hurt her. I think she's just maybe a little dim. Sure. So Lorelai's taking that shit. <laughs> so Lorelai's in the bathroom, and she just starts, like, messing everything up because Sherry's, like, an organization neat freak. And then Rory just comes in, like, you know, you do, and no one thinks it's weird. Calms her down. I like when I see Rory being empathetic to her mother. I don't know. Just, like, warms my heart. Oh, that warms my heart when your heart is warm. It's getting hot in here, guys. Our <laughs> hearts are getting too warm. Actually, I don't feel good anymore. It's time to sweat. So back at Luke's place, Jess is just like, hey, man, why are you going through my stuff? I can tell that you went through my stuff. And Luke's just like, again, like, tell me where you got the money. And then he thinks that maybe he's a juggalo. Well, he says he goes to a place where he offers his services. It, it for definitely money. sounds like he's a stripper, right? Yeah. And he's got the body to be a stripper. Sure, yeah. I'm sure many women would love to see him strip. Yeah, it's weird because he's like 17, but he is in his 20s in this. Right, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing a 17-year-old. Yes, that's weird. I guess I imagine he's like 27. Very handsome as a dilf now. Yeah, it's a dilf. It's a dude I would like to friend. That too. I'm not friending him, okay? You're never seeing this guy. Milo. <laughs> I kind of hate this scene. I'll explain why in a second. So What? Yeah. Okay. So then Jess just finally breaks down and admits like, hey, I got a job at Walmart. Are you happy? And he like shows him his little badge. And then Luke is tickled for two reasons. One, because he knows that Jess didn't steal any money and that Jess actually like was working towards something. But also because, you know, he's a good all American boy with a funny vest on at his job and starts like making fun of him. And their relationship is sort of this, they roast each other a lot. It's funny because he's eating apple pie too. And he just called him an all American boy. Right. But I think it's shitty that they had this, like, troubled kid who decides that he's going to take on a second job on his own, gets the only job that he can probably in this town, and his father figure is here to mock him for it because that job's low status. That's true. What he should do is, like, oh, you got a job. That's cool. You know? It's just, it's weird that he's mocking him for picking up a low status job. That's actually, like, I I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, assuming he stole the money and then he finds out he doesn't and makes fun of him for, like, honestly buying a car. Yeah. Oh, poor Jez. And I want to point out, like, right now we have this, like, weird, like, maybe labor shortage because people, like, don't want to work for shittier wages. And we're, like, essentially being like, hey, people that work at Walmart or people that work at fast food, these are, like, essential hero workers. But then, like, we look down on them for having those jobs. And then this show is like, yeah, you're an idiot if you got that job. Yeah. Anyway. That is sad. The scene is funny, I think. It's fun to see that side of Luke. Well, especially because usually it's Jess being like, A dick to Luke. Yeah. And this is like turning the tables, which I like. I just wish it had been about something else. You're right. But Jess like really doesn't do anything wrong in this episode. No. And he gets so ridiculed by the whole town. Which, (sighs) Jess has done some shitty stuff. So it's kind of like, it's not like totally out of left field. But I just wish he had found something else to make fun of him for. Sure. It's after the baby shower. Rory and Lorelai are coming home in a car. I know we shouldn't pick this apart, but, like, the stuff out the window all looks good. This is the best, like, driving sequence we've seen as far as it looking real. Mm -hmm. Until they get into town, and then the car is bopping around as if it's going, like, 60 on, like, a, you know, not great road. But they're they're crawling through the town. Yeah, they, like, slowed down whatever imagery is passing by the windows, but not, like, the car jiggle button. But anyway, um, Lorelai's complaining about stuff. She makes a joke about a red light being blue. Because red is the new blue. Yeah. Or blue is the new red. It was also funny when Lorelai was saying that Sherry, like, made them stay later because of traffic. And she did, like, a fake traffic announcement that they were, like, moving Harvard closer to her apartment. Yeah. 
But they took the deviled eggs. Uh, by the way, I just want to point out that this is going to lose some followers, I know, but I don't like deviled eggs. I don't know that deviled eggs are a food that everyone loves. I can't imagine taking any of these home, but the rest of my family loves them. They're all wrong, but they, they love them. I like them. I'm leaving you. I'm going to make some for you. Oh, deviled eggs. I think they have mayo in them. That reminds me, the rabbi was grossed out by the mayo on the table. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> I, was really, I mean, some people have like a fear of mayo. Yeah. But I don't know, just a really random detail. Lorelai's essentially just like, I wanted to do some damage. It felt good to like ruin that bathroom. And then Rory's like, well, actually I cleaned it up. <laughs> but then they see Jess's car. But then Rory's like, let's throw these deviled eggs at the car. And the women just bond over this. They're like giddy about this like minimal destruction. And it truly is. Like they just bounce right off the car. Yeah, there's not many of them. There's they- like eight eggs. Yeah. And then they like run away. I have issues with this. I think it's dumb. Because we already pointed out Jess didn't do anything, really. But also, the eggs are just bouncing off the car. Like, it's not like actually egging a car where, like, maybe it'll even dent it or, like, they run down the car. But I disagree. Because of the next scene. Well, yeah, but this is a mistake. (laughs) I would say in real life, if somebody did this, it probably would be like, okay, whatever. This is going to be like a two-second fix, right? But that's not the way it's written. It's written like they legit, like, inconvenienced him for a whole day at least. But the next day, the eggs look so much different than how they did when they threw them. Next day, the car apparently reeks. Which I don't know that it would. Yeah, I don't know. It's in the sun, I guess. But It looks like it got hit by like 20 eggs. Yeah, it's so much like a paintball gun worth of eggs. The whole town has gathered because the town loner has come to the church to protest. There's a cop there just in case things get bad. Taylor Dosey is being a piece of shit. He's all about like, we might have to shoot him for having an opinion. Oh my God, could Taylor be more of a villain? No. The loner goes into the church, goes up to like the bell tower or whatever, and then drops this giant banner scroll down. But it's backwards, so they can't see whatever he's protesting. So he tries to turn it around, but it just rips. No one can see it. So then they're like, what are you protesting? And then he keeps yelling it, but like he's too far away. No one understands what he's saying. They can understand it starts with an R. Yeah. It's... They try to guess what it might be. <laughs> yeah. So they're just like naming R stuff. And then the loner just like decides to give up and just like sadly rolls, <laughs> grabs all his like papers and leaves. We never know what he protests. I actually thought that was pretty funny. Oh, okay. I thought you would hate that because no. it was like a huge fuss over nothing. Like you hated the reveal of the stoplight. Right. But I mean, the guy tried to protest something. I don't know. I like that. Okay. But they all want to go because the car stink is too much for them. It's just too much. And Jess comes by and he's like, oh, man, I got to clean my car. It's going to take all day. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, Luke is, like, making fun of him again for the Walmart thing. Lorelai and Rory basically tell him they did it. I know. They're like, we were at home last night. I mean, (laughs) we're like, okay, you you did it. It's stupid that they did that to his car. Rory made it clear that it wasn't Jess's fault that they crashed. Mm -hmm. Like, we had a whole episode about her insisting it was not Jess's fault. But nobody believed her. I agree. But here we have Rory mad at him for having a car. I think she's just mad at him for having a Shane. I understand that, but that's not how she's reacting. And how can she dare take that out? She still has a boyfriend who we aren't sure exists anymore. He hasn't been around for like three episodes. True. So I don't know. It's, I think it's it's hypocritical for her to be mad that he's got somebody else. It's internally, the logic doesn't make sense that she's mad that he has a car. That's my thoughts. So Stacy, do you think this is a good episode? Mm, it has a lot of iconic moments, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Nothing really super happened with moving the story along other than, like, we find out Sherry clearly doesn't know about Christopher and Lorelai. And uh, Lorelai gets a lot of information about Sherry, but I didn't really like any of the baby shower stuff. And the Jess stuff, yeah, like we've said, was kind of pointless and, like, just was mean to Jess for sort of no reason. But like we said, Jess maybe deserves to be taken down a notch occasionally. 
Yeah, a lot of it was funny, but I don't know that it was like a good episode. A lot of it was kind of dumb. Like the town loner thing I thought was a little dumb. Yes, I said it was kind of funny at the end, but overall it was a dumb thing. And Taylor Dosey was acting like in such a way that like I didn't even enjoy it. Because I was like, people should be like calling him out for like his dictator shit right now. But I loved how like funny Luke was in this episode. Yes. And the rabbi and the reverend thing was super funny. Random, but funny. Patty's boyfriend showing up was funny. I agree, it was a funny episode. But I don't know, I didn't love it either. Yeah, I just feel like... The plot wasn't good. I feel like the Sherry stuff was, like, too thickly laid on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, you don't need to say all this, Sherry. But that maybe is just her personality, where she says too much. Yeah. Like, tries to make things, I don't know, she's sort of a planner. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I need to say whatever's on my mind and make everything, make everyone feel good. Yeah. So. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I wouldn't even say it was a bad episode. I just wouldn't say it was like, oh, that was a good one. That's one I remember, really. But also, the Jess Carr stuff, like, bothered me. She's with Dean. It, w- like, what is he supposed to be? Just not with somebody? Be at home sad that he's not with Rory? She's with Dean. She decided to stay with Dean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, she's with Dean. And now for a segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile on Charmed, Season 3, Episode 6, Primrose Empath. Phoebe and Piper are on a mission to save Prue after a spell for an innocent horribly backfires and Prue is given the unwanted gift of feeling all the pain in the world. The cacophony of human emotion will most certainly crush her. That is heavy, man. This is like someone's opinion in this summary. (laughs) Yeah, most certainly will crush her. We don't know, but like, pretty sure. So does it? If someone were feeling all the pain in the world, I feel like they would go insane in an instant. Probably, yeah. Like, I mean, just think about this. Just think about, like, forget about bad things like torture or, like, death or fire or getting, like, stuck under a train or stuff like that, right? Oh, you think about torture a lot. A lot. Um, Let's just go from a natural thing, okay? Like, childbirth. How many children are being born every second? At least four in Sunnydale. Yes. Let's say there's a hundred women in labor every second. So... Childbirth, from what I understand, is like transformatively painful. Yeah. Imagine a hundred times that. But it says the cacophony of human emotions. This is also like having people die and like getting broken up with. Absolutely. Those emotions. So it's not just the physical pain. On top of that, you're losing your dad every second. You're losing your daughter every second. And I bet in all that pain, she's like, guys, what do I do? I can't even use my powers because they're gone because I made that wish last season. I'm just an innocent now. What do you think an innocent is, Brian? I'm guessing that's someone that doesn't use magic. Oh, it's like, like a muggle? It's a muggle, yeah. That doesn't use magic and isn't a bad person, I guess. It's a good person who doesn't use magic. Yeah. Okay. But there's bad people that don't use magic? Like Tom Hanks, maybe? Yeah. And Al Pacino? <laughs> well, Al Pacino deaf uses magic, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, because he's a demon. Yeah. Where well, Tom Hanks is a human. Who uses time travel, but... He doesn't have magical it's powers. not magic. Okay. So he's not an innocent, though. No. Got it. Because he did some selfish stuff to get a kid. We got it all figured out. What do you think the spell was? I'm guessing it was like that she feels no pain, maybe during childbirth. Excuse Brian. He's got babies on the mind from these episodes. But yes, there, I bet there was a really nice lady that maybe that Phoebe knew from one of her classes or something. And she's going to get like dental surgery. Uh, or have a baby. Either way. I was just trying to give another example that wasn't baby related. Okay, so it's dental surgery. And Phoebe's like, you know. Yeah, she, she wants to look good for her birth. She's about to get birth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
She's a real sherry. She's got to get her teeth done. Yeah. Phoebe's like, you know, I got something for the pain. She's like, I'll just take your pain away. But she like accidentally takes everyone's pains away and gives it to Peru. She gives her like some pills, but really she does like her hocus pocus finger shit or whatever Phoebe does when she does her spells. Yeah. She calls it her hocus pocus Phoebe shit. Yeah. Totally backfires because Prue like walks in right at that moment to hand Phoebe like her backpack that she forgot. And normally Phoebe would have been like, it's cool. You're a witch. You'll be able to handle this spell. But she isn't a witch right now. No. And boom, 100 bursts a second. So she has to give up the wish that the genie gave her a while ago to make her a human again. So now she's like park cartoon again. Yeah. The genie's like, I knew you'd want my services again. Yeah. They have to pay him a ton of money. But luckily their innocent friend makes a lot of money. Yes. So everything's back to normal, basically. Yeah. So you were wrong, IMDb summary writer. The cacophony didn't certainly crush her. But Sherry wrote this. This is Ben. Meanwhile, uncharmed. Says we also watched Buffy, famous episode called Band Candy. It's famous. Well, it's a a lot of people like it. Okay. So this episode is about the kids having to sell chocolate bars, but the mayor is up to something with the chocolate bars to like put all the adults under some kind of curse so that he can steal babies from the hospital to appease a demon. Yeah. (sighs) And a lot of bad stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Some really bad things. So it starts in the graveyard. Buffy and Giles are having like a study and slay session. They need to be there waiting for vampires. But Buffy's also got to study for her SATs and Giles is helping her. I thought that was funny, right? Because I feel like you're meant to think it's related to like the occult. That it's just an SAT multiple choice. Yeah, Giles is like reading some question like it's a spell or something. But then she kills a vampire with her pencil. That was cute. Yeah, that was also great. Giles just like hands her another one too. Because she's like, well, my pencil's gone. Yeah, it was cute. It was like casual. She's like all cozy in her sweatpants. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like a nice fun night. I like it because it shows Giles is like pushing her to do better and get better without like being a dick about it. Better in school and in slang. Yeah. Meanwhile, the mayor is meeting with Mr. Trick. They have this like real vague conversation like they're going to get somebody to help them with something, someone who's worked here before because this demon needs his tribute. And he's like, that's what separates me from other politicians. I keep my campaign promises. Okay. To the demons? And then he shows this cabinet that's, like, full of creepy artifacts that, like, Joyce would probably love to hang all over her bedroom. (laughs) So at school, Buffy's, like, still worried about her SATs, and Principal Snyder informs them all that they have to sell candy bars. Everyone. For the band. The band needs new uniforms. This isn't a thing. In my school, if you were in the band, you had to, like, pay to go on the trip, but you had to, like, do your own fundraising. Like, they gave us fundraising opportunities like this, like, things to sell, but it was, like, your personal money that would go towards your portion of the trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess maybe this is a thing. It doesn't seem like they can, like, force them to do it. I guess he's always forcing people. I don't people. know. I got forced to sell wrapping paper and stuff in school. For what? For school stuff. Just to raise money for the school? Yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe. I mean, they incentivized it, you know? They're like, if you sell 100 reams of wrapping paper, you get a see-through telephone and a rainbow eraser. Oh, well, then I would do it. Yeah, I did. I wanted that see-through phone. I had a see-through phone. The thing about the see-through phone, I don't know if you knew this, if you listened to it while it was on the hook, you could hear people talking on it. Other people with see-through phones? (laughs) So it was a hear-through phone. Like, if, like, my mom was on the phone downstairs, it never really shut the receiver off, so you could, like... (laughs) Here, if you put your ear right up to it. That's just how you shared a phone line. If you picked up the phone, you could... But you don't have to pick it up is what I'm saying. Oh, weird. Yeah, 
Why did you figure that out? Why are you putting your ear up to the phone? Because I heard rando voices by my bed, and I was like, all right, I'm going insane. That might have just been your see-through phone. It was my hear-through phone, honey. My hear-through phone. (laughs) Okay. So Buffy's trying to sell candy to her mom. Really, she's trying to ask her if she can start driving. And her mom, like, really doesn't want her to. I think she's still just, like, paranoid she's going to run away, and having a car will just be, like, an easier way for her to do that. And then Buffy's like, got to go hanging out with Giles. Giles' plan for the evening is to blindfold Buffy in the library and see if she can throw a ball at him successfully. And he's also bought a bunch of candy bars. He, like, walks away from her, gives her five seconds. He thinks she's going to miss it, but she, like, purposefully bounces it off the wall so it, like, bounces back and hits him. So she's like, pass this test, gotta go. Skipping patrol tonight because my mom wants me home. But that's a lie. She goes to visit Angel, who's, like, doing Tai Chi? Maybe that calms him? I don't know. I think that's the idea, right? Yeah. But he says he's feeling better. And Buffy's all like, I didn't know you could do that. It's like, he could have been making that up. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, it's not like he was like. Balancing on a tiptoe yeah, or something. Or like spinning a basketball on his finger. You know, I, I feel like I'm sure you do have to like learn how to do Tai Chi. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like something you couldn't learn pretty quickly. At least like a couple moves, which is all she saw him do. Yeah. And does Buffy know what he's doing? Like, he could, if someone was, like, pretend to do Tai Chi, I could pretend to do it. But he asks about Scott, and she starts to tell him that Scott's no more, but doesn't. She stops herself. And she's brought him some more blood, but he doesn't want to eat in front of her, which is, like, nice. They kind of talk about, like, how he's getting stronger, and he probably won't need to rely on her much longer, which will be better, right? But both of them seem, like, sad that he might not need her anymore. That's it. We just get a little bit of Angel every episode. But the idea is that they can't be together, right? That's the overarching like message here. I guess because nobody knows about him and he thinks she has a boyfriend. Well, also, I mean, if they sleep together again, theoretically, he'll lose his soul. Yeah. That doesn't mean they can't have like a non-sexual relationship. I would argue that you could have a moment of true happiness without having sex, though. He could fiddle her titties. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to bring you all the way to the edge. <laughs> okay. So Buffy goes home. Joyce and Giles are there. I love that. That was funny. Buzz did. <laughs> you lied to both of them. And she lied to Willow. And Giles is being like very dad-like. They're both yelling at her like they're a parental duo. Both just slamming candy this <laughs> yeah. whole time. So clearly something's up with the candy. And Buffy's like, back off, guys. You're both demanding too much of my time. And Giles is like, don't freak out. And she's like, freak out? That's not a word you say. We say Wigan in this town. <laughs> No, it's just out of character for him. It's not very British. No, not at all. So Buffy goes upstairs, but they just like keep hanging out and slam some more candy together. Okay. Don't like where this is going. Cut to the candy factory. A worker is like about to eat some of the candy and Ethan is like, you might not want to eat that. So Ethan was the guy that Mr. Trick mentioned that's like worked in this town before and he's doing something else now. At school... Giles is late for hosting study hall, which is very unlike him. Xander is also slamming candy. Meanwhile, him and Willow are like foot fucking under the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like hard. And they're like, Cordelia's right there. Buffy's right there. Like, I mean, I guess it's underneath, but I love that they have their own like little sweet theme music too. They do. It's nice. It's not as emotionally invoking as like Buffy's and Angel's, but. No, but it's enough that I noticed it. I thought this this scene was really funny where they turned to talk to like Willow and Xander and they both just like, (laughs) like. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like to separate corners of the table they're both sharing. They put their shoes back. No, their shoes were on (laughs) the whole time. Their feet are soaked at this point. (laughs) Which base is that? Is that not first base? What have we been doing? <laughs> Check your feet, boo. 
Yours are bloody. <laughs> yeah, it got rough, okay? <laughs> like, sometimes footsie can get out of hand. That was a callback to me cutting my foot in case you guys were like, what the fuck are they talking about? Principal Cork has given up on Giles showing up and has convinced this other teacher to watch study hall. He's like, you do it. I don't want to do it. Everyone always expects me to do everything around here just because I'm the principal. It's not fair. This line definitely is what, like, tipped me off to what's happening in this episode, but yeah. it also totally sounds like something he would say in a normal episode. Yeah, except he's like, carrying a candy bar so you know. yeah but the old lady teacher is like real chill and just starts like shitting all over the principal and the students are like this is cool we yeah, like this like, lady. we're getting out of here yeah. but buffy is suspicious as am i buffy goes to giles house to make sure he's okay and who's there joyce ew they're both just still slamming candy and supposedly making a schedule to, like, share Buffy better. What? And Buffy barely questions this, but I guess it's because Joyce, like, lets her drive to get rid of her. I'm still like, Buffy, what? No. Your mom's not supposed to be a Giles house. Is that that weird, really? They don't really like each other. No, I guess not. She's her mother, and I feel like she brought up a good point. Like, I'm trying to live two different lives. It's, it's not crazy that they would spend time together trying to work that out. Can they not meet at Giles' house? That seems weird. Like, she could come to the school. Because Giles, like, ditched class for this. I agree that it's all weird. But we also know there's something going on. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Does Buffy even have a driver's license? No, she shouldn't be driving. She says she's taken, like, the classes, but I'm assuming she has not taken the test. She, they specifically say he ha- she hasn't. But they didn't stop Rory from driving and getting into an accident. With the deer, yeah. Yeah. But Buffy leaves, and Joyce is like, do you think she noticed anything? And then Giles, like, lights a cigarette. Joyce pulls out a bottle of booze, and they just start, like, rocking out to Giles' music collection, laying on the floor, smoking and drinking together. She's like, well, why did they call you Ripper? And then Giles' accent is suddenly, like, way less proper. (laughs) And he's talking about wanting to start a band. They're both, like, making themselves look cooler in their clothes. And this is where, like, coupled with the cork clue, I started figuring out what's happening. Like, the adults are acting younger. Buffy's driving Willow around, and she's she's not good at driving. She shouldn't she shouldn't drive. Willow's freaking out. They go to the bronze, which is just filled to the brim with boomers. <laughs> it's boomer night. <laughs> it's boomer night. <laughs> if you can prove you're paying a mortgage, you get in free. <laughs> The cool study hall lady is there looking for nachos. Principal's there having a blast. He's forgotten he hates Buffy. He loves Oz's hair. He asks them to call him just Snyder. Also brags about being accommodated by the mayor. Yeah. Buffy's like, yeah, that's really cool. So, okay, let's talk about what's happening. All the adults in town who have eaten this candy are acting like teens, but also like maybe drunk. They're all just like very carefree. Like they're high or something. Yeah. I don't think it's just making them like adolescents. In my mind, it's sort of like hypnotism. Right, like I was actually thinking that because I've never been hypnotized, but from what I understand, it's you have all your memories. You just like kind of don't care that you're acting a fool, right? And I think it's like if if you told someone who was hypnotized, like act like a angsty adolescent, you're not gonna act like an actual adolescent. You know, you're gonna do like your archetype in your head of what that is, right? So I think they're sort of like, yeah, I'm acting out being what I imagine a, you know, angsty adolescence like. Yeah. And you've been hypnotized, right? I have. How did you feel? It's hard to say, honestly, because I'm also like a performer. So I don't know that I wouldn't have done the things anyway. Mm. What did you have to do? Pretend to give birth. I don't know why that's going to be the theme today. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to pretend to give birth and it was very funny to everybody. Yeah. Anyway. So the gang decides to bail on the bronze to go find Giles to let him know that some weird is afoot. The principal hops in the car with them. He's like, whoa, Summers, you drive like a spaz. (laughs) 
fun, fun adventure with him, I guess. All over town, they see adults slamming band canned, just running around the park. They're like drag racing. The night mailman is reading people's mail. I loved that. You hated it. I like that. I thought it was funny. But mailmen don't work at night. So maybe he didn't work all day. I guess, yeah. He sat down and started reading people's mail. <laughs> okay. And then Buffy has a realization that 16-year-old Giles likely is bad news because he was, like, way more rebellious back then and not so Gilesy. And, of course, they get into an accident because Buffy's a terrible driver, but also there's, like, adult teens drag racing through town, and they crash into her. But it doesn't seem, like, that bad. They yeah. hit pretty hard. It's, yeah. like, just a little dent. Then they realize that, like, none of the adults are protecting their houses. Everyone's just wandering around. So it's weird that there's no vampires just, like, feeding on all these hypnotized people. And they finally put together that it's the candy, which only seems to affect the adults. That's weird. Because later Xander's like, I'm eating the candy too. It's supposed to make you immature. Oh, wait a minute. Implying, like, he's already immature? Is that why it doesn't work on the kids? Like, they're already the level they're supposed to be at? I think it's not meant for them. I think that's just like a funny line in it. Because it's a spell. It's a curse. So I, I don't think it's aimed at them. Yeah. Buffy asked the principal if he knows where it came from. And he's like, yeah, the school board like told us to do it. But he knows where they're making it. So she's going to go to the factory with him. And the kids are going to go to the library to try to like look this up somehow. Meanwhile, at the factory, Mr. Trick is like talking with Ethan. And they acknowledge that like people are going to die because of this. I don't really know why. Well, you actually pointed out why. If there's a fire, the firemen are too yeah. adolescent to go put out the fire. Yeah, maybe that's what they mean. And then Mr. Trick just like randomly kills one of the workers for maybe sampling the product, which he insists he didn't do, just to like set an example. This freaks Ethan out a bit, but like not enough to stop. <laughs> Joyce and Giles are out on the town. <laughs> Walking around, his arms around her, just like smacking gum. Joyce says she feels like she's waking up, that like getting married and having a kid was just a dream and now things are the way they're supposed to be. God, she hates Buffy so much. <laughs> she's like, man, I wish I wasn't a mom. And then she sees this really cool jacket in a store that's closed. So Giles smashes the window to steal it while she giggles like Drew. <laughs> It's definitely like a Drew-type jacket, too. It's kind of a fun coat. I actually did like it. She's redone her makeup to be much more teen at some point. A cop tries to stop them, but Giles isn't afraid. He just, like, headbutts him and steals his gun. Do you think the cop had had the candy? There was one in his pocket, but, like, he was still trying to stop them. I don't know. I feel like if he had eaten the candy, he might have used the gun. Yeah, maybe... Because they're all pretty reckless. Exactly. So I feel like maybe he had the candy but hadn't eaten it yet, or maybe even had confiscated the candy from someone. They made a point of showing that he had candy on him. If he had it on him, he probably did eat it. Because I, I want to point out, too, that I, I don't think the candy is just like, oh, well, if you eat it, you become an adolescent. I think the curse is more than that. I think the parents are, like, magically drawn to eat it before they even eat it. The first. I don't think it's like they have a bite and then they're, like, suddenly, like, oh, I need more. I think that being around the candy, they're like, oh, I want that. Because that's the only way you can explain all of these parents all eating the candy. Sure, yeah. I don't know. The teens, like, had to sell it. I agree, but do you think they all ate it, like, that day? They're... If you bought a box of candy bars for a charity, wouldn't you try one out, like, I don't think Snyder would have eaten it. I don't know. I guess maybe you're right. They need a specific set of adults to eat the candy. But they give it to all of them. Yeah, which is a very good point you bring up. <laughs> but then... <sighs> I knew this was coming. Childs kisses Joyce. And they just, like, start making out on top of the cop car. Mm, I didn't like that. <laughs> mm, it was really upsetting. I just kept yelling, no. No. Why do you hate it? I like Giles, and I don't like Joyce. I guess it makes sense. 
They do need to co-parent Buffy. Well, I'm thinking that, like, maybe if Giles and Joyce get together, then Joyce will have some incentive to pay attention and get involved in the life of her daughter. That's true. Maybe they'll be a fine <laughs> You know, for couple. Giles. I just don't like seeing Joyce happy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hate Joyce, man. She's the worst. It was just, I didn't like it. It was funny. I didn't mind. I actually thought they were both very funny together in this episode. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to agree with me. No, it, it was, I enjoyed the episode in that aspect. It was just, ugh. Buffy's now arriving at the factory where Joyce and Giles are fully making out. I don't know why they're there. I think because they're handing out candy there. Everyone's yeah. kind of gravitating there. She stops them, of course. And Giles is like, what? I want to make out with your mom. <laughs> Joyce is mad because Buffy won't let her have any more candy. Buffy tries to distract her by making her mad about the smashed car. And Joyce is like more mad that she bought such a dorky car. Yeah. Which Giles finds hilarious. Buffy threatens to fight Giles. And he's like with it enough to remember that she's knocked him out a bunch of times. And also that he's her watcher. He's like, I'm your watcher. You listen to me. And he has a cigarette in his mouth this whole time. 90% of Giles' lines in this episode, he's got something in his mouth. Whether it's a cigarette or candy or like Joyce's face. He's like... <laughs> Always mumbling something and like super British. So they do remember their lives. Like this is kind of what we're talking about. Like they're just hypnotized, but don't feel like being mature. Yeah. At the library, Cordelia's talking about how her dad's been masturbating. <laughs> and the other guys are doing research. Xander and Willow sort of brush thumbs in their little music plays. I hope Cordelia doesn't hear that music. Well, right then though, she's like, you want to swap? <laughs> the music stops. And Willow's like, what? She meant books. Her book was too long and hard for her. But is Oz long and hard enough for Cordelia? I don't think they'd be a good couple. So Buffy, like, fights her way into the factory. She kind of brings Joyce in against her will, so Giles follows, and of course, Quark does too. They see Ethan, who's on the phone with someone, telling them that the whole town's wide open and they can go at any time. So then they chase Ethan all throughout the factory. So much candy. I'm not really sure why Giles wants to catch Ethan. I mean, I guess he made his girlfriend a demon. Yeah. Ethan's done a lot of bad shit. But they used to be friends. Yeah, he also, like, tattooed Buffy to get, like, killed by a demon. Sure. And then Buffy uses her blindness training to detect that Ethan's, like, hiding in a crate. I didn't even put that together that that was her blindness training. Right. Great job. Smart. Thank you. I mean, right? No, that totally makes sense. I just didn't think about it. I don't know how he got into that, like, box so quick. No. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? But he tells Buffy that he's helping Mr. Trick collect tribute for a demon. And Giles just keeps telling her to punch him. His accent is getting even more relaxed at this point. And he won't tell the name of the demon. So she does hit him, which Giles just, like, loves. Demon's name is Lucronus. And Ethan is just, like, facilitating a diversion because this tribute is a big deal and people, like, wouldn't just let it happen if they knew what it really was. And turns out the tribute is babies. We're going to feed newborn babies to this demon. Buffy's on the phone with the library squad. So while she's distracted, Ethan's going to, like, hit her. But Giles pulls out his stolen cop gun and, like, stops him. And then Buffy makes him give her the gun because he's a child. Joyce has the phone. She's like, it's Willow. She wants you real bad. <laughs> but, yeah, Willow lets Buffy know that the book says this thing does eat babies. And we see, like, four vampires march into the hospital and just, like, take four babies out. By the way, one of these vampires, ultra short, not important. So they got to go. Joyce is going to tie up Ethan with these handcuffs. I'm assuming she also stole from the cop, but maybe implies she had other ideas for them with Giles. They get to the hospital. It's too late. Babies are gone. 
I'm not sure if the candy's wearing off, but Giles seems to be able to like remember his books. He like remembers that Lucronus means glutton and that it lives in the sewers. And they're just like openly talking about demons and stuff in front of Snyder. Like how much does he know? Yeah, I feel like at this point, like Snyder's got to know. He'd be asking questions. Like, I don't think he knew that Buffy was a slayer. But he also doesn't seem that like surprised. I guess they're not talking about her being a slayer, but I don't know that he knew she knew about this stuff. Yeah. I don't, I still don't know. I feel like you know. No, I don't. This is the first time he's seeing some of this stuff. We've seen her be like kind of rough before, like a badass, I guess. And he also clearly knows about supernatural stuff. But he doesn't seem to, like, think it's weird that Buffy is also aware and trying to stop supernatural stuff. Right. Giles and Snyder snapping at each other. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, you want to play around in the poop water. Yeah. But Buffy convinces Snyder to go home and tells Giles that they got to go to the sewers, where Mr. Trick and the mayor are waiting for Lacronus to, like, come out and eat his babies. The mayor's on the phone making calls about getting sewer maintenance done. Is this just like a joke because he's down there seeing how bad the sewers are? Well, I think it's a joke and it's a plot device because then Buffy uses some of that exposed piping. To... Okay, okay. So I think it's a twofold. I have a slight problem with that because Buffy doesn't hear him say that. Well, I think it's just that it's there. Letting us know? Yeah. Yeah. So Buffy shows up, fights the vampires. Giles and Joyce rescue the babies. Lacronus shows up. He's a big fake snake. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's... The show did, okay, we need to have, so Reptile Boy, they were like, let's do a big full body snake man. And everyone was like, that looked terrible. You know what? From now on, when we do full snake people, let's have a four-year-old do it with some Minecraft CGI. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's bad. Doesn't look great. This is not the last bad snake we're going to see. Oh, no. He shows up, no babies to eat, but he'll eat a vampire if he has to, I guess. Mr. Trick wants to see what kind of fighter Buffy really is, but Giles is like, no, I want to punch him, which is a bad idea. He just throws Giles into, like, the snake's feeding area, and Buffy somehow knows to pull the gas pipe down and cause a fire. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't buy that. She's not smart. I don't know that inherent knowledge of sewers and science are part of her slayer abilities. Sure, that's fair. I don't know. They've made many points that she's really good at improvising. Yeah, like the thing in the last episode with the toilet paper. Yeah, and I mean, like, Kendra said that, and even Spike made a point of saying that. Yeah. So it's sort of within her character, but I totally agree that she, you'd think that'd be like, Willow might be like, the pipes. Yeah. She's not there, but yeah. She heard Willow's voice. Maybe she did overhear the mayor when she came in. Yeah. What bothers me is that this kills the snake. They're like in like water. Yeah, that's true. And it's like a demon. I feel like maybe fire could kill it, but it wouldn't be like immediate. Right, because that snake was big. Yeah. And like I said, there's like a big thing of water right there. You think it could just like dunk its head in. But she kills it and Mr. Trick gets away. Not without like saying some shit. Yeah, that's funny. She's like, they always have to say something. So he goes to talk to the mayor, who's a little annoyed because this didn't go according to plan. And Trick's like, what? Demon's gone. That's one less thing you got to deal with. I did you a favor. And he's like, that's true, but be careful in the future how many favors you do for me. To be fair, and I want to mention that he was very perky until that last line. Yes. It's still unclear to me what his motivation is exactly. He seems like he's trying to appease demons, but like doesn't want to kill them. At school, Snyder seems back to normal. He wants to be called Principal Snyder again, and they're no longer friends. Buffy's telling Giles she maybe did bad on her SETs. Joyce is there to pick up Buffy in her busted car and is, like, real awkward with Giles. And Buffy's like, glad I got to you two before you actually did something. And they're like, yeah, totally. Nothing happened. And they just, like, walk away quickly in opposite directions, much like Willow and Xander did after they kissed. A lot of sexual tension this season from people I, I don't know that should be having sexual tension. Yeah. Interesting. That's the episode. 
<laughs> so, Brian, was this a good episode? Yeah, I think it was a good episode. I don't think it's a perfect episode. I think it actually has quite a few little flaws. But overall, I do think it's a good episode. I think it's funny. I think it moves the plot along for the whole season and a lot of the smaller plots. I like when we have episodes that we get to see characters in like different lights. Yeah. Specifically, I thought everything with Joyce and Giles was actually pretty funny. It was just fun to give Joyce something to do. Kind of like how Angel suddenly became way more interesting when he was like a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Joyce becomes so much more interesting when she's not like an uptight person who also doesn't pay attention to anything above his life. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Kind of like the Halloween episode too, where it's like affecting everyone in the town. And I do like episodes like this where actors get to do types of things that we don't normally get to see them do. Right. I feel like Star Trek actually does that a bunch, where they'll have like a Vulcan or like like a robot character that's like always serious and they'll give them an episode where they're broken mm-hmm. and get to be goofy. So like, yeah, Giles and Joyce getting to let loose was cool to see. I have a problem with the plan. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so elaborate. They needed four vampires to get four babies. Yeah. Why couldn't they just put a poisonous gas in the floor of the hospital where the babies are? Well, I mean, they need poisonous gas. Like a, you know, whatever is in the chocolate. Knockout gas. Put it or, in the tea of the yeah. women who watch the babies. Yeah, yeah. How many people died in this hospital because no one was operating on them? Like, why did the whole town need to get shut down? Right. Just the hospital needed to get shut down. Yeah. It's not like this needed to take a week. It's just like a huge production to steal four babies. Right. Does the band actually need new uniforms? Was that all a lie? <laughs> And like, what did Quark know? Because the mayor must have used him. I don't know that he did. I mean, he was eating the chocolate and stuff. So I think the mayor didn't inform him at all. But like, used him then. So maybe he's not as in with the mayor as he thinks. That could be true. But am I wrong? No, I mean, I think you're right in that there's a more precise way to do this. I mean, there's something to the fact that they had to steal these babies and not have anyone come looking for them. And this way, everybody is, like, out of it. Right. But I think they only needed to incapacitate the people in charge of watching the babies and maybe, like, the parents of the babies. Yeah, but then you have to say, like, if the people who are watching the babies are suddenly acting weird and someone's like, hey, shouldn't you be watching the babies? Yeah. Or, like, if someone sees babies being, like, taken out of a place, being like, okay, wh- what are you guys doing with the- I-, I work at the front desk, but, like, four dudes just walking out with babies is weird. Again, I think the hospital would have been enough. But Mr. Trick is big on uh, trying to do big things, you know? I agree with you, though. It could have been a much tighter plan. It wouldn't have been as exciting, because it wouldn't have affected Giles and Joyce. But, like, yeah. why did it need to affect Giles and Joyce? Yeah. I mean, this also theoretically takes the Slayer offline, too, right? If her parents are crazy, she's got to babysit them. Yeah. And the mayor knows there's a Slayer? Mr. Trick knows there's a Slayer. Mr. Trick knows. He knows there's two Slayers. Where was Faith? Yeah, that's a good question. Where was she this episode? Huh. It was definitely a lot of fun. That was just a big plot hole to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I felt like Snyder was hit and miss in his jokes. Mm-hmm. He, it was too much. Yeah. He got a little annoying. Agreed. He started doing like kung fu or some point, at some point to like impress Joyce. I was like, we're done with you. Yeah. You've had your fun. They needed to cut his jokes like in half or by a third or something. Mm-hmm. More Giles. Yeah. He was fun. I also liked how Giles and Joyce interacted so much. Like specifically, there were times where it was clear Giles was like trying to act cool in front of Joyce. Like when she was going through his record collection. I don't think he was legitimately being just like an asshole. Uh, he was very Jess in this episode. Sure. So Stacy, which episode do you think was better? Um, Buffy. Yeah, I'm going to go Buffy this week too. It's not like super cut and dry. Sure. Gilmore Girls was funny. Yeah. The more we talked about, like, I definitely went into this thinking it was Buffy, but the more we talked about Gilmore Girls, I was like, no, some of that stuff was really good and funny. It was a funny episode, and this had a few flaws, but no, I think this was just, like, a more fun, exciting episode. Yeah, I agree. It's not that hard of a decision. 
but it wasn't like a blowout. Some people think it's like one of the best Buffy episodes. Mm. I don't think that at all. I think it's a fun Buffy episode. If you guys want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Episode 7, Revelations. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 3, Episode 7. They shoot Gilmores, don't they? <gasps> Oof. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Do you like deviled eggs? How would you have stolen the babies? <laughs> Brian. All Lorelai needs to do is figure out how to steal them babies, steal Sherry's baby, boom, she gets Christopher back, everyone's happy. Wait, you're going to steal Sherry's baby away from her? Yeah, she doesn't deserve it. She's got stuff to do. It's she true. She want this baby, I guess. It's true. Do you guys ship Giles? That's a combination of Joyce and Giles. What do you think the town loner was protesting? Did Jess deserve all the hate? How did your band fundraising work? Yeah. Let us know. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok, at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive behind-the-scenes content. If you love our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps get our podcast out there and get discovered by even more Buffy Gilmore fans. And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming episode of the podcast. For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, you can follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an EY. That's right. We also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies in a similar style to our podcast. Podcast. For all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. If social media is not your thing, and I can understand why not, it's crazy out there, you can send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. All right, you want to go do more foot stuff? Oh my god, yeah, but we got to be careful because I don't want to have another baby. Oh yeah, the baby. Oh yeah, the baby. Oh yeah, the baby.